0: Hi everyone and welcome back to the Kaiwa podcast. Our podcast is a space for APU students to have conversations about relevant topics for inspiring listeners far and wide and to empower the APU community through our conversations. I would also like to say thank you to our team behind the Kaiwa podcast. The credit goes to the editing team, Eugene and Tiffany, our PR and marketing team, Raz and Clara, and our graphic designs team, Santi and Han. This is episode eight, and today we have a very, very special guest. Uh, as always, but before that, let me introduce everyone to myself again. Uh, I think you've heard my voice a couple of times in this in this season and in KAIWA podcast in general. So my name is Puri Bhajacharya. I am a second year, fourth semester APS student from Nepal, and. Once again, as I mentioned before, we have a wonderful, wonderful guest with us here today in our Kaiwa podcast. So, Jafta, please welcome on board. Welcome to the Kaiwa podcast. Please go ahead and talk to me about yourself.
1: Hi. Hi, Pirby. Um, Thank you for having me here. It's an absolute pleasure to, to be here um, and to talk about running, which is something that I really enjoy doing and um, to share my experience. Um, It's always uh, an absolute pleasure.
0: Thank you so much for being here. Uh, Of course, this episode is about running and it's about marathon. So it's a lot about being physically fit. And as your interviewer and as your host, I do have to admit I'm not the most physically fit person. I am very much a couch potato and the type of person who's going to spend their entire day in their room doing nothing. So I'm going to take this episode and this conversation that I have with you as a learning lesson for life and actually start doing something uh, to, you know, make sure that I'm actually healthy for the next semester and better by the end of winter. So without further ado, I'm going to start off with some ice-breaking questions. Are you ready for this? Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, Please feel comfortable. This is very simple. We love having conversations. And I know you're a great conversationalist. So I cannot wait to hear all your answers as well. Okay. So uh, let's begin with a very, very simple question. How do you find the winter in Beppu this year? How... Are you doing? How are you dealing with this environment?
1: It's it's very difficult. Um, I'm someone who is very active, very outdoors. I like going hiking. I like going for walks. I like spending time in the park, uh, playing tennis, um, um, walking, running, um, meeting people in outdoors areas, and so and. You know, winter is not something that stops me from doing those things. But here in Beppu, winter is very cold. Um, I'm from South Africa, so we have a very temperate climate. And so even in the winter, I run, in the rain, I run. I don't have any problems uh, with running in the rain and, and experiencing the outdoors, even when it's cold. But Beppu is very cold. <laughs> And it snowed, I think, for about, about six or seven days of um, December and January. We've had snow and you can't do anything and it's bitterly cold. So that meant that I can't do anything outdoors. In, this. in fact, I didn't leave the house. I, in fact, I, all I did was take videos from my window and balcony. Um, so it's a bit frustrating. It's a huge adjustment. Um, but I have to find a way to adjust.
0: I know. Uh, I, I have to ask Are you on campus right now? Yes, yes I am. On- There's I a do. snowstorm going outside. Have you seen? The weather is crazy right now. I'm like, I don't even.
1: Oh my goodness. Yes, it is snowing. I, I didn't even notice. I just know it was bitterly cold when I was coming to this uh, venue. Um, but yeah, it is snowing.
0: <laughs> I really- warm because i'm also indoors right now and i'm recording this and i have a window right beside me so like when i look outside it's crazy it's literally i don't even i don't know how to do, i don't know how to feel about this and, and
1: it's one thing to have the paper winter but to have the winter on apu campus apu it's campus so is different. Just so, i know nothing prepares you I mean, I no. come in the morning and like, it's not that cold. It's a bit cold. Then you get to this mountain and it's mm-hmm. like, oh my word.
0: I know, right? The wind is crazy here. It's like, I don't even...
1: It's crazy. I bought I bought thermals. Uh, so that's how I'm surviving. I wear I thermal clothing underneath it. Right?
0: The J- Japanese heat deck is amazing. It's a oh, creation. Yeah. It's amazing. I know. Oh, it's
1: amazing. In fact, I, I've I, I've survived being on this campus and thinking to myself, I'm not going to manage this cold. And people were complaining. And this heat cake is amazing.
0: I know. It's, it's amazing. Uh, now that we are talking about Japan and, you know, the amazing creations that Japan has, I want to ask a little bit about your home because you just mentioned you're from South Africa. And that's like oh my god that's a different part of the world it's a different hemisphere so how different is south africa and japan like especially BIP or whatever this region we're in how different is it
1: um it's very different uh for starters it took three flights to get here from south
0: africa
1: so (laughs) so it's really far um and um it's the climate is very different we don't really have a winter in the sense of cold, cold, cold. It gets cold and it snows. But I think in the last 30 years, it's snowed three times. So mm-hmm. it's not like, you know, Beppu. Beppu is really intense. And then the summers are very hot and it's very rainy and we have lots of thunderstorms, but um, it's manageable. Um it's not as humid as. Oh my god, it was humid. Um, really? Cat- oh my god, was so humid for me. South Africa is very, like, they say it's temperate. So, meaning it's just kind of nice in the middle there, not too hot. Not mm-hmm. too- it's the reason why people who go there are like, this is a fantastic place to live. It's just, there's no tomatoes, there's no good
0: South Africa is like already on my list of places I want to travel. And after hearing your description, I'm like, oh, my God, how do I get my visa to go there? When do I book a flight? But then you also mentioned how it takes like three flights to get there. So I'm like, "Okay, it's pretty far, isn't it? (laughs) Oh, wow.
1: So it's basically four flights.
0: Oh my god! Oh, you've so, you've talked so much about your home country. I just want to ask you, what do you miss most about South Africa? Then you've talked so much, so many good things about it, but like, what do you miss the most?
1: I miss, yeah, uh, the outdoorsiness of the winters. Um, that I definitely miss. I miss some of the food items. Um, um, things like peanut butter. Peanut butter is very hard to find here. I miss um, t- different types of um, uh, drinks, There's certain drinks. I really like the way uh, we do small things like orange juice, I like the beers that we have.
0: It's the small things that matter, exactly. It's the small things,
1: yeah. um, over here though, um, when it comes to food, I'm very happy with the food. I love, I mean, I love ramen, I love um, all the different varieties of, of Japanese food. So I don't have a complaint about food, but it's just the small things like the drinks, being able to live in the winter, being able to, you know, um, have things, uh, you know, um, uh, certain items. Here I have to sometimes look for items like more uh, mozzarella cheese. I have to uh, mm. you know, I get it at all the shops. I have to go to a specific shop. Um but yeah. Um small things. Small things.
0: I know. It's the small things that matters. Uh moving on we are talking about you know being physically fit this episode is about being physically fit as much as I would love to have a conversation about food and about South African food and food from our cultures we're on the healthier side today so I want to ask you said you did mention that you're you're normally very active person but damn winter we can't really be you know as outdoorsy as we want. what about your hobbies back in South Africa were you really active back home as well? Yes,
1: yes. So I used to used to run quite a lot. I used to run um, every month. I would run a half marathon, um, so it's twenty one point yeah. like two kilometers. And then um, I uh, I used to also try a couple of ultra marathons, so or full marathons. So sometimes I would run forty two kilometer. And then I actually was preparing at one time for a comrades marathon, uh, which is an um, 89 at a ultra marathon which is run between two cities uh, near the coast so it's quite difficult and I was training for that by running 50 a 50 kilometer race and um, so that was something that I was planning on doing and fortunately I wasn't successful that time because it meant I, I got injured but then I'm always running, I'm always outdoors, I play tennis I like to when I was living in Cape Town I used to go to the beach. I, I would I would uh jump down to the beach and I would swim. The water's very cold there. Unlike Bepu the water here is actually quite nice and uh, warm. But uh, no one swims in the beach. it's just not done here for some reason. But I do a lot of swimming. Um uh we do something called Bry. So the dry is on weekends, we will, after watching sport, usually rugby or soccer, we will have, <laughs> we will uh, barbecue some meat and, uh-huh. and have some salads and meat and have a beer. So typically on a Saturday morning, i wake up uh, run if I'm not running a race, I'll run five kilometers and then after that, I'll have Breakfast and and do some stuff around the house and then uh, go meet up some friends and watch a soccer match, have some beer and while we're having some you know a, a braai and yeah that would be a typical day on the weekend and it's always outdoors the bra is outside we would watch. A soccer, uh, soccer or rugby event outside on a big screen somewhere. We, in fact, we even go to the movies. Um, there's uh, park movies, so we'll go sit outside on the lawn in a farm, in a farmyard, and they have a giant screen, and we'll roll up a big, big blanket. It's a very outdoorsy society uh, culture.
0: Yeah, definitely. Just the way you're talking about, I feel like you could go on for hours and hours about your life back in South Africa and the outdoors. And it's just so nice to hear about this. I I should definitely go out more. Oh, my God. It's so amazing. You're really, you know.
1: And you get to go on, like if you live in Cape Town or visiting Cape Town, you go on these uh, wine farms. And so you have your meal in the night. One outside, and you get to walk and pick the apples or or pick the grapes, <laughs> and then you get to go on camping. I do a lot of camping, so yes, it's really
0: outdoors. Thank you so much for your beautiful, beautiful experience. Okay, Chachta, you've said so much stuff about the outdoors and swimming, and so much running and so much exercise have you maybe considered doing this professionally? Because I feel like you have that athlete mentality. And I think you'd, you you would actually be pretty, you know, you'd be really good at it if you thought about being, like having a really active, you know, professional life, because you're here up on a mountain. That's the furthest away from an active lifestyle. So would you ever consider like doing this professionally, maybe words sports?
1: Um. um... You know, I thought it might happen for me um, when I was younger uh, with the tennis, it did have a lot of prospect, um, but it, it it required a lot of financial investment. So I started doing sports which were less, um, uh, you know, expensive, like running, like soccer. I wasn't very good at soccer and um, basketball in my country isn't very profitable or lucrative. And then maybe running and actually most runners, except for the elitest the runners, runners mm-hmm. are professional. So most runners are not professional rather, but, um, and it's, and it's because, um, you need sponsorships and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it's something that I wished I could do and didn't consider. Um, but you know what happens with uh life? it just sort of takes on this yeah, direction I and I started a career and i I studied um at university and then when I graduated, my parents were expecting the paycheck and oh. you know so <laughs> so I started uh doing yeah, that yeah. and then it just left the weekends for the pleasure of, of running and things like that. But yeah, it's just it's just the way it is. Um, but I wouldn't give it up. Uh, I wouldn't give up my career choice. I wouldn't give up the running, and so I want to balance the two. And finding the balance is the biggest challenge, because when you don't run, you miss it. Um, so for example, now that I'm here in Beppo and it's winter, I ran right into the middle of December. So I was running. Uh, I usually run about six kilometers. Um, every, I would say three times a week. And I was living in uh, a Yamaguchi, which is near Suganoi Hotel. Mm -hmm. So I would run from Suganoi Hotel all the way to the beach. um,
0: uh, Whoa, that's a really long way.
1: Yes, yes. So it's about three kilometers down and then three kilometers up and six kilometers. And then I do that about twice to three times a week. And I stopped just before the heavy winter started um mm-hmm. and so i haven't run since the middle of december so it's over a month and a half now that i haven't run and you sort of miss it and running is like that um when you run your body gets very sore and you get very tired and you sweat and you're like oh i'm not gonna do this and then a couple of days later you're like oh i want to go for a run and so my body's sort of like been itching for a run uh for at least two weeks now
0: isn't it your body like misses the adrenaline rush all the
1: endorphins and all the hormones, exactly yes so you sometimes get uh especially more in a race you get uh, the adrenaline because you're trying to really push your time Uh, but after the race after the run even in the morning you get back or you're walking back and your body's a little bit sore and then you get and you get your shower and then you sort of start to relax or you lie down you sit down and then your body just does this thing where it releases the endorphins and you just feel so relaxed and so good and a little high and you just you know the one time i ran uh the 50 kilometer race i was basically felt like i was broken i couldn't even walk i was so sore and then i got home um, I might have the shower, and I was lying down. I remember having these aches and pains, but it felt so good. It was like, I was like, oh, uh, and I was like, worst, worst and the best feeling at the same time. So it was, it was so awesome
0: so interesting because I I know that you talked about like running from Suginoi all the way to Kitahama and all that I've actually walked all the way from Suginoi to Kitahama and I think running is a bit different because you're like there's a lot more movement involved but I I enjoy walking personally but I think running it's amazing that you can you know you you just mentioned about how you ran for 50 kilometers that's wow that's like oh my god I can I don't even know how long that would be that's a very long distance
1: the interesting thing about it is it's more a combination of running and walking than you'd think um because when you are running such a long race you're probably not paired by running a 50 kilometer race it's unlikely that you're going to run a 50 kilometer to prepare So usually running about 10 kilometers, five kilometers just to prepare. So what ends up happening in the 50 kilometer race is you're going to run maybe I would say 70 or 80 percent of it. And the other time is, is walking. So being a good walker and a disciplined walker can mean the difference between making your target time or not. And so I'm finding a lot of the time that if I don't feel like running or I feel like I'm a little bit too sore to run, again uh, maybe a day after the run i will make sure i walk so even if it's walking to the park walk around the park and make sure that in my in my walk i'm paying attention to my body making sure I, I understand where the aches and pains are my form is good because the walk can save you in a race i being able to walk well
0: definitely uh by the way you've talked about i think you have a lot of endurance and you have a lot of stamina because you're doing you know it's a long amount of time and a lot of distance that you're covering how do you get ready for your marathon because your normal like your normal routine I assume it changes a lot before you're getting ready for a marathon because you're physically, you know, you're putting your body under a lot of work and a lot of effort. So how do you do this? Like, how do you build up stamina if needed? How do you mentally and physically prepare yourself for when you're getting ready for a marathon?
1: Um, Yeah, it's quite an involved process. So um, the first thing is you need as much time uh, running. So depending on the race, so uh, that would determine the amount of time I spend running. So if I'm running a half marathon, then likelihood um, or rather the preference is that I run, I'm running 20 kilometers in a mm. week as part of preparation. So that means maybe on Monday I'll run five kilometers, on Wednesday I'll run eight kilometers um, and then on um Friday, I'll run um, the remaining seven kilometers, and then that will bring me to 20 kilometers for the week. If I'm mm-hmm. running a race, or uh, preparing for a race of a hundred kilometers, then ideally over the week I must run a hundred kilometers. So when I was preparing for the Comrades Marathon, which is 89 kilometers, I was trying to do about like 90, 90 kilometers a week. So I was doing, I was running every day, Monday to Friday, and I was doing 20 kilometers, between 15 and 20 kilometers every day. And so I was very sore. But one of the things you'll notice when you're training like that is your speed and your endurance increase, but so does your appetite you're eating more. Why are you eating more? Because you're using up more energy and your body needs more energy. And what happens is you start muscling in your legs a lot more. Um, and, so it, it, and then obviously muscle mass means more energy consumption, more food. But yes, preparing for a marathon is increased running, being aware of your dietary needs and um, paying attention to your body, Um, running even when you don't want to run. So you get up and it's raining and I don't want to run. It's raining, but it's Thursday and I need to put in another six kilometers in order to prepare for the race. It is so important to sometimes put your feelings aside and be disciplined because the training aspect of it is so important. so important, even for your mentality, when you arrive on a race and you've claimed well, you have a good attitude, you have a good feeling, and it also prevents the likelihood of injuries which are very
0: problematic yeah. you see. I I think we're talking about, uh, we've moved on from the dietary phase that goes on, you know, before the marathon. But now I want to ask, like, what about when you are running? Like, what do you think mentally? What is like your mental monologue when you're actually doing the marathon or when you're actually running?
1: That's actually, oh, you know, I I missed that. It's been a while since I've Mm -hmm. run a race. I'm going to run one, I think, on the 5th of February here in Mm. Beepu. Um, I think yes. it's called yes, It
0: is, it is so I'll give you a little bit of a backstory on that as well, because I think that kind of helps you get into the mode and get, get your mindset ready for that marathon. So basically, this episode is also a little bit of a promotion for that marathon. So to all our listeners who are interested in running as well, please go ahead. You can join Jafta in this amazing journey. So this is the Beppu Oita Mainichi Marathon. It's an annual marathon that we have, and it's held all the way from Oita Umi no Tamago, uh, to Beppu Kamegawa, which is organized by, as always, the Beppu City Hall. And this marathon, you would think that it's fairly new, but it's actually been going on since 1952. So this is the 71st marathon. It's been 71 years that this marathon is happening and uh it had to be stopped for uh, for a couple of years because of the pandemic but now it's back and we're so glad that you're participating in it so it's going to be amazing and um if you know that this marathon this course that we're having this year is 42 kilometers long so you know you're pretty long you have to agree it's pretty long and it's happening on the 5th of February, if I'm not wrong. You, you would probably know this better than I do regarding the details of the marathon. It's happening on the 5th of February uh, from 12 p.m. onwards, right? And uh, you are a part of this marathon. You are. You're taking part. I'm going to
1: take part, but not in the actual full 42 kilometers.
0: Oh. Because
1: I haven't um, prepared for 42 kilometers. So I'm going to be running the shorter races I'm going to be running in the um, uh, 15 kilometer race so I, that's preparing I'm well said,
0: 15 kilometers is still pretty long and considering the weather outside uh, I I don't know how you've been preparing so wh- what's happening how are you getting ready for this
1: it's been very difficult because I because of the winter and the level of cold in the winter, it means I've skipped a lot of days of, of mm-hmm. preparation. For the 15 kilometers, that means I would need to run 15 kilometers uh, a week, um, starting from about a month before. So I would have needed to have been running the whole of January. I've only run three times for in January. Um, oh. And each time I run is six kilometers. So it means I'm going to be very underprepared. Having said that, though, it's appropriate that I'm running only in the 15-kilometer race because that will then be sufficient. It's not not too strenuous. It's not too much Mm, stress. That is true. That is true. The longer the race, the more preparation. So I'm going to consider this a fun run and just do it for fitness and for the challenge and to experience my first potential first race in Japan. I um, hope this is not many because I haven't been running since I was in my country. It's been years since I've run a full race.
0: It has. But, you know, you know, the thing about this race is it's happening in a different country. You're experiencing what you're used to in a new environment, you know. You're probably gonna see scenes you've never seen before. You're going to run in a different terrain. It's so exciting, even I'm I'm not running in it. I'm not even physically fit to be running a kilometer, but I am so happy that you're taking part in this. And it's such an amazing experience that I hope you have an amazing time in this. Honestly, I Thank do. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much. I hope so too.
0: I do have to ask, though, uh, as you know, Beppu is a pretty, pretty small city. It is. uh, We do have a very big number of international people here because of APU itself and so many people there. So, what are your thoughts on you know this event being held here, even though it's a small city? uh, What are what do you expect from this event? Like any expectations you have?
1: Um, I do expect that being the first, I've noticed it's the first event. Here, a running event here in Oita Prefecture and Fukuoka Prefecture, and I even think neighboring Miyazaki Prefecture. Um, so I'm actually anticipating it's going to be very full. It's going to be a lot of people in this in this race. So that's my first expectation. That for me is very exciting because there's that atmosphere and that feeling you get when you're about to start a race and everyone is there and then you start the race and everyone is moving along and everyone is excited and your adrenaline starts to kick in and, you know, you're with fellow runners and the wind is blowing in your face and, oh, so I'm excited about that. And, of course, uh, this... I mean, this country is a beautiful country, so um, I'm expecting to have some great scenery, you know, seeing the mountains in the background, um, seeing lots of you know milestones and 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 um, uh, scenery and uh, that sort of stuff, as well as new people, new faces, and lots of smiles and laughter. Yeah, and I'm expecting it to be a challenge.
0: I think it will, considering, you know, I'm actually worried. I hope the weather is okay during the day of the marathon. I really do, as in, you're never sure with Japan.
1: Runners don't care about that.
0: I love that. I love that attitude. I absolutely adore that attitude. I really hope we do well.
1: Yeah, we just want to run. And when it's a situation like this where people haven't run in a long time, I can promise you that we are going to be running and I mean, runners don't even care about injuries. I once injured my um, um in the Soweto marathon, it was a, a two kilometer race, but I ran the half marathon, luckily. Oh. I injured my knee in the fourth kilometer. And, and so I was in a bit of pain or quite a lot of pain. And, and as a typical runner, I thought to myself, I've been training for a month and a half for this race. I did to stop in the fourth kilometer no i'm going to finish this race i'm gonna finish it as quickly as possible then i'll get medical attention and that's what i did so that's what the runners are just not normal people
0: i know i see Uh, you did mention about your injury so i'm gonna ask you a little question about like the process after a marathon When you're done with the marathon and when you've run the marathon already so uh what do you feel like your post-marathon? I. It's a very big accomplishment, obviously. You've just spent so much time and effort into this training. And now that you've finished it, uh, you know, there's a lot going on. And especially because you mentioned that you were injured. How was the recovery process for that? I I understand it's a long time.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, this injury was actually life-changing for me. Mm-hmm. Um um, so, uh, it, it was my knee and, um, it, when I finished the race, I got someone to help me. They gave me some cortisol. They gave me some painkillers. They really couldn't do anything other than to send me to see, uh, seek some help. So they sent me to a physio and physio examined me. And then they referred me to, uh, orthopedic surgeon because my knee was, Scraping and uh, the cartilage was being removed from the knee, so there was a very bad contact. So the the orthopedic surgeon explained to me that they would be removing the scar tissue and clearing out the area, and then I would be off the 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 my leg for a while while it recovers, um, recover some of the cartilage i wasn 't satisfied with this, and while I was there, someone recommended I go see a podiatrist who is a joint specialist, and the podiatrist said that I actually have an imbalance in my body, my uh, spine is slightly tilted, so which was causing one leg to be slightly longer than the other one, which was causing then my knee to be compromised, and I was damaging my knee so and I was in a lot of pain. So the first thing he did was he massaged my my knee and got rid of the scar tissue, which the s- surgeon was going to scrape clean mm-hmm. surgically. So um, it got rid of the scar tissue and I was the pain was gone. And then I ended up getting some um, chiropractor massage and and help align my back. And then I got some podiatric fit- fitments. And then I had to change my running shoe. And uh, now I think more carefully about the running shoe I wear, and then um yeah, and then I wear these fitments inside my shoe um just to help balance my body and it took that whole process was about two months, and then I wanna start walking uh able to start running, and yeah, I was back to running a race within about four months of the injury- injury
0: oh that I the injury was definitely life changing. I would say you, you. It was not just an injury. You know, it was not just an injury because you went to the doctor. You were able to find you know other things with your body, and I, I, I guess you received a lot of help, and I hope you're a lot more healthier now, and you're able to do much more. Completely, the issue is completely gone. I mean, uh,
1: the the podiatrist even recommended I, you know, said I should use. Uh, um, olive oil is a dietary supplement because it it helps lubricate the joints so there was a lot of information that was provided to me and I was given a lot of assistance sports medicine is very 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 advanced Um, I mean I could have just as easily have gone to a biokineticist who would have helped me figure out the motion of my movements and and how that plays into the different joints to help me manage and care for my joints. There's so much um, help available uh If you have an injury, especially joints and muscle with the muscle the, 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 i've had muscle sprains uh i've i've 've strained my hamstring and uh my calves. and uh, the physiotherapist would give um massages and muscle activations so there 's a lot of interesting science and techniques out there uh, for assistance with injuries. It's not something you worry about. It's just important to um, stretch before you run. It's important to have a routine you follow before you engage in a a, a long run. And that's why the training is important because the training is what prevents injuries because you're stretching and uh, forcing your muscles to get stronger and get more prepared so they don't get surprised on the day of a race. Um, And the more you train, the more you feel and understand your body and how it works. So it's very important, uh, the preparation to prevent injuries. But yeah, there was a lot of medical support. I didn't, I mean, I've had these injuries, I've had three injuries and I've been able to get back into the running after that. It's
0: amazing. It's amazing. Uh, We've been talking for so long about this. I didn't even notice. And, You know, you're just so inspiring when you're talking about something you're passionate about. I can actually see like we're having a call right now. This is all happening online, but I can feel your passion through the screen. And it's absolutely inspiring, Jafta. I have to say you are such an inspiring person. And I I am normally someone who barely even leaves the room (laughs) or leaves my house. So like an active lifestyle is the last thing that's on my mind.
1: I always say to people when we're running, um, uh, last year we ran up the mountain from uh, up to APU and we ran back down. So it's five kilometers up and five kilometers down. And people thought it could not be done and we did it. And my motto for everyone was keep going. Don't stop. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. So if you're walking, that's great.
0: I am. I am. But what I have learned from you today is that I need consistency and I need an actual like a schedule or like routine to maintain for myself as well. If I want to, you know, do better or like, as you said, keep moving forward. And I think I'll definitely I've, I'm inspired, That I have nothing to say. I'm very much inspired. So thank you so much for this. Mm-hmm.
1: Can I give you another t- a tip before you please, go?
0: Please go for it. How how about we end on not just your tip, but also a maybe a little message from your side to people like yeah. me who are not necessarily active and also to runners, to new runners, to runners who are beginners, to runners who've been running for a long time and also to potential participants in our marathon. Maybe they're going to listen to this podcast and maybe they're going to meet you there and be like, oh, Jafta, I heard you on the podcast, and I'm so excited to be running with you. How about this? Let's give your ending statement. Go for it.
1: Okay. So um, I would recommend for someone starting is to find people who are already running or find someone else who also wants to run. Even if it's not run, if it's walk go for a walk. We've had some beautiful parks here, a lot of uh, waterways, beaches. So find someone and make it a social event. Okay, every Thursday at five o'clock, I walk with uh, so-and-so and their dog. Make it a social activity. It helps to keep you more um, accountable. So if you're running with a group, on Saturday mornings or Sunday mornings that helps you to keep you accountable if you're not running together because they're far. They are going to put up posts online or on Instagram or whatever. You're going to put up posts and people are going to check, oh, did you run? Where did you run? And that helps you to keep you motivated. Um, And that's the most important thing is is keeping motivated, um, making it interesting for you, going to the park if you want to use the park, Go to the beach if you want to use the beach and uh, keep it alive. Um, That's the most important thing. So that's my message for people is keep moving.
0: Oh my God. That's beautiful. That's going to be our quotation for this episode. So... Once again, I have to say, I have been inspired. I am actually inspired to like go outside and move around. I am going to actually start maintaining a schedule and actually thinking about what I put into my body with food and my diet and my like intake of everything I do. So I'm actually so thankful that you're here as our guest. And uh, we wouldn't have asked for anyone else other than you as a guest for this specific episode. Thank you so much for coming Jaffa, this was amazing. Thank you so much. Okay, so I guess on that note, We will be concluding our episode, episode eight for today. Once again, thank you so much for coming here and all the best for your marathon. I really hope you have fun, you know, uh, rather than we're not here thinking about like winning or anything. We're here for a good time. We're here because we love being energized. As you said, keep moving. Mm -hmm. I hope you do well. I hope you meet amazing people in the marathon as well. And all the best for that. Uh, and finally, this is the end of episode eight of season five of the Kaiwa podcast. Thank you again for listening to the podcast. Our next episode will be here soon. Follow us on, on all our social media sites. It's at the Kaiwa podcast on Instagram. Listen to us on Spotify, on Apple podcast, everything you can find. Definitely leave us any comments or questions you have. And if you would like to be a guest on our podcast, just send us a DM. We're always there. We're always listening. Thank you so much, Shafta, for being in our episode. Thank you so much for this. Okay, with this, this is your host signing out. Bye-bye.